There's a lot of people that only do things just for money, right? You know, there's the, that Bob Marley movie just came out. So there's something that Bob Marley said. I didn't watch the movie, but there's something that, you know, the real Bob Marley said. He said, some people are so broke that all they have is money. And that was just so profound to me. When I heard that, I almost started flying because some people are so broke. All they have is money. Because at the end of the day, you could have all of the riches on this planet to yourself. But if you are not prioritizing what is being stored up in heaven and your relationship with Jesus, none of that other stuff matters. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Reclassified Room. I am your host, Gabriel Huff Jr. For those of you that are watching, thank you for all your support, for all my storytellers. Thank you for all of your support, for your comments, for your likes, for your shares, and everything that y'all have been doing. If you're new here, uh, welcome to the Reclassified. And what we're all about here is sharing the stories of our lives. What we're all about here is tackling on tough topics that we don't usually talk about too much as believers and just bringing practical examples out and just tackling those and struggling through those topics together. So that's what we're here to do, um, just to build that community and to let one another let one another know that, you know, you're not the only one who may be going through these issues or you may not be the only one who is even having the success. But we're all here together to build one another up and to be the body of Christ in unity that God has called us to be. So uh, that's what we're about here at the reclassified. And once again, thank you all for tuning in. Um, I'm not even going to waste any time this episode. Um, I'm actually going to start this one with the prayer. Um Because I I really, this is a topic that I really feel deep down in my heart. This is something that I'm really, something that I'm really passionate about and something that's really allowed me to carry on through my life. And um, some of y'all may um, have that feeling as well about this topic. But before we dive in, I'm just going to go ahead and pray and then we could get through it. Father God, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for everything that you've done for us. God, I thank you for allowing us to be here in your presence today. God, I pray that you can speak through uh, these words. I pray that these words are not of me, but they are of you, Lord, that everything that comes out of my mouth can just be something that has been guided and brought through by the Holy Spirit. And every anything that is not of you, Lord, can be tossed away and cannot lead anybody astray. So God, I pray that we can just struggle through this topic together, that you can bring clarification, that you could, you know, have scales fall out of our eyes, Lord, so that we can just see what you're saying, so that we can hear your word and that we can be transformed through your word and through uh, you, Lord. So I thank you. And I just ask God of all of these things in your precious and in your holy son, Jesus name. Amen. All right. So. What we're going to be talking about, and this is actually, I'm going to start this out with a story um, because deep down, I've always really been a storyteller. That's why I really like the storytelling 
aspect and um, you know theme of this whole entire podcast and ministry. Um, and I've always felt that giving illustrations and sharing stories and making things practical can help things come to life for people and help to really make things understood. I know sometimes some biblical concepts and doctrines can be confusing. And so these stories really help out. And even reading through some of Jesus' parables in the Bible really make things more clear, not just for those who are listening to Jesus back then, but for those who read his words continually nowadays as well. Um, so this story is something that happened in my life and my family's life. Um, and I'm, I, if you know me or if you've heard me preach, you've probably heard this story before, but, um, for those of you who are new, um, who haven't heard it, hopefully this can be a thought provoking story or something that can bring about encouragement. So, um, I remember a few years back, I believe this was during the, the COVID years, where we were in lockdown, if not a, maybe a year or two before then. Um, and, you know, my family, this this was around the the holiday season, you know, around Christmas time and everything. And, um, you know, growing up, my family, we weren't necessarily rich, but we also weren't necessarily poor. I would say we were kind of in between the, the middle class and... Um, you know, um, poor. So we were kind of like a little bit below average. Um, but we, I wouldn't say that we ever necessarily struggled because my parents were very hardworking to this day. They still are very hardworking. So, you know, me and my sister and then my brothers coming along after us, we never really felt that we lacked anything. Um, because one of how hard my parents worked and two, because we always had a sense of, and this is going to be the topic for this, uh, this uh, show today or this episode today, you know, we've always been content, right? We've always had the mindset of being content with, with everything. And so, um, this was a few years back. All of my brothers were already born at this time and they were, you know, old enough to really comprehend things and, you know, understand some things that go on in the world and in everyday life. So uh, it was around Christmas time, around the holiday season. And I remember that we I don't remember if it was a lack of finances or just a, a procrastination, but I remember that we were going to enter into Christmas day without having any presents for anybody. And, you know, just being completely transparent, um, me and my sister, once we got to a certain age, we didn't necessarily get Christmas presents anymore. Not because it was like, Oh, we can't afford it necessarily, but it was more of the fact that we didn't really care to receive presents. The, the fact that we had our family and we had God, was enough for us. But my little brothers, they were still pretty young and they were still kind of in the Christmas spirit. And, um, you know, and I know there's the whole debate and controversy between, you know, the Christmas and Christianity and stuff like that. Um, that's a whole nother debate for another day. I'm not going to dive into that. Um, all I know is that we don't know exactly what day Jesus was born. Um, 
So I I think that that holiday for us is more just about giving. And that shouldn't just be a one day a year type of thing. That should be an everyday type of thing. We should always have a giving type of attitude. But like I said, that's a whole another debate for another day. The whole topic between Christmas, the Christmas trees and all that stuff. Um, I'm not even going to d- dive into that right now. But yeah, my brothers were still kind of in that Christmas spirit age as a kid, as children. And um, we we understood that them receiving presents would, you know, just encourage them and make them feel happy and, and, and bless them. Um, but like I said, I don't know if it was because of lack of finances or if we had just procrastinated and forgot to do it. But the night before Christmas, there were no presents. And even early that morning, we hadn't gotten any presents. No presents were wrapped or anything like that. And so what my mom and my dad did, I don't know if it was my mom and my dad or my mom and my sister, but they, they all kind of took toys and things that we already had in the house and wrapped them up. Because even though it wasn't necessarily going to be new gifts, we still wanted to give them the experience of unwrapping gifts and, you know, just having that experience um, like a lot of other children do. And so a lot of the things we already had were wrapped like books, um, board games, some other toys that we had around the house, uh, cars, stuff like that. So we they had those wrapped up. And we called my brothers downstairs and, you know, it was time to start unwrapping the gifts. And so, uh, you know, we're all kind of nervous a little bit because I I had already caught on that these were gifts that we had already had. And so we were all I remember we were all kind of, you know, nervous or eager to see what their reaction would be when they opened it, because keep in mind, they already knew that we had these things. It wasn't like these were things that they had never seen before. They were gifts that um, hadn't been opened yet or stuff like that. You know, these were things that they had seen already and probably even already, you know, played with. Um, But, you know, we sit there and they start opening the gifts and there's a little bit of an awkward pause because they're opening it and they begin to notice that it's things that we already had. And, um, So they're opening it and I forget if it was Daniel or Nathaniel and, you know, one of them says, we already had this. I've seen this before. (laughs) Right. And and so they they begin to catch on that. These are things that we already had, you know, and, you know, as they kept on opening them, something profound to me happened. And, And what happened was that they began to laugh, you know. Every single gift they would open, they would just start laughing, especially Michael. Michael was just dying of laughter. And, um, you know, it's like every single gift they open, they just start laughing. They open another one. They start laughing. They open another one. They start laughing. And it. I remember thinking back on that, you know, in that moment, you know, it almost brought a tear to my eye because... They they had every right. I wouldn't say every right, but 
it wouldn't have necessarily been wrong for them to complain in that moment. And I'm not saying that complaining is a good thing, but any kid, you know, who has any understanding of the theme of Christmas and stuff like that and gift giving, you know, they would obviously want something new. They would obviously want something that they can be excited about. But the fact that my brothers were laughing in that moment and I even asked them to this day, you know, do y'all remember y'all were laughing and, you know, why were y'all laughing? And their answer is, you know, because Christmas and life is not about receiving, just about receiving gifts. It's about family. It's about God. It's about doing the right thing. It's about giving gifts to others. And, you know, I, I, I've always been proud of my brothers, regardless of what they've done. But if I were to rank moments where I've been proud of them, that would probably be in the top three of all time because they displayed something that I had been so passionate about throughout my whole entire life, which was this concept of being content. And, you know, it's funny how children or those who are younger than you or those who you know are youthful, those who have, you know, are way younger than you can teach you so much. And even though I already had an idea of the concept of being content, my brother showed me in that moment how important it is because it can really change your life. You know, it can tur- it can get you to instead of having an attitude about what you lack, you can have an attitude of gratitude for what you do have, for what God has given you. And I think it was a huge blessing to experience that. And I think that the idea of being content is a major key in anybody's life and especially in the life of a believer in Jesus. And, um, you know, my favorite book as I've gone through has always been Philippians chapter four. Um, And if y'all don't know the background by that Uh, of what was going on in Philippians. Um, This was one of Paul's epistles, Paul's letters, and he was writing it to the church in Philippi. And uh, Paul actually wrote this letter while in prison. But Philippians is, you know, widely known as one of the most encouraging and passionate and joyful books in the Bible. Um, And, we see that through that book, especially in chapter four, that Paul has has mastered the the art of being content. He he describes it as an art in that book. Um, I'm actually read it for y'all. This is Philippians chapter four, verses ten through thirteen, and it says, "I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me." But you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. Or in other words, I know what it's like to have a little and I know what it's like to have a lot. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret or art of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And this is the key point right here, which is the root 
and, and what really is the driving force for contentment is Philippians chapter four, verse 13, which I'm sure a lot of y'all know. Um, you see it on mugs, you see it on T-shirts, you see it on uh, pasted on the back of cars, you see it tattooed on folks. Um, Philippians chapter four, verse 13, I can do all things, all things through him, him being God who strengthens me. I can, <laughs> I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And contentment is more than just about being fine with where you're at and having a heart of humility. It's about understanding where that ability is gonna, going to come from. It's not something that just happens. It's not something that is just, you know, just comes naturally or anything like that. It's something that I believe is cultivated through trust in the Lord. And I'm sure there's people who aren't believers in Christ that are content. But I think where true contentment can go to that next level is when you have an understanding that your strength comes from the Lord, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, right? All things through Christ who strengthens you. And um, that that's so profound, especially considering the fact that this is a letter that Paul wrote in prison or he had written in prison. And there, there's there's no more content than you that you can get than that. I mean, me personally, you know, I, I hope to never be in that position, but I often wonder what my mindset would be like if I was in that position, you know, would I be as as strong as Paul in that moment or not? But then what what really hits you is that it, it wasn't Paul's strength that Paul was relying on. He was relying on the strength of Christ. And, and when you rely on the strength of Christ, that can help you to cultivate contentment within your lifestyle that will help carry you and, you know, allow you to have that spirit of contentment in any and every situation, whether you're in a season of lack or whether you're in a season of abundance, right? That's where true contentment really comes from. Um, and so th this is a topic and, and something that is really passionate. I'm, I'm really passionate about because in my whole entire family, this is not something that just happened with me that I just you know, one day I was like, oh, I want to be content. You know, growing up, I saw my parents being content. I saw my aunts, my uncles, especially my grandmothers. They are my grandmothers are probably both of my grandmothers are probably the most content people <laughs> that I know. You know, they are probably the most content people that I know. Um, and they're they've always just been a huge blessing in my life and watching them, watching my parents, watching my little brothers, even watching my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, watching some of uh, my faith family here in the church, even some of my friends. You know, I've I've always I've always had an eye for those who practice the art of contentment. And I've always been, you know, had sort of like a, a, a attractiveness. Um, 
and not in a romantic way, but attractiveness in a way that, you know, this person is content. They seem to really be at peace with themselves. You know, this is someone that I am interested in talking to and wondering where that comes from. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's an awesome thing, but, um, you know, kind of diving more into this idea of contentment. Um, one of the first things I want to say is what contentment is not. What contentment is not is stagnation, right? What, what contentment is not is stagnation. Cont- being content does not mean that you just sit on your behind and do absolutely nothing with yourself. That's, that's not what being content means. Con- being content is not is not a um it's not a permission to be lazy. Uh the Bible tells us in Proverbs 13:4, the soul of the sluggard craves and has nothing, but the soul of the 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 soul of the diligent is richly rewarded. Right? The the Bible speaks on laziness and even uh talks about how how laziness, you know, is a, a sin. It's a lack of obedience, right? We're, we're not called to be lazy people. We're called to live in purpose. And because we're called to live in purpose, that means that there's work that must be done, right? And so what, what being content means, does it, it's not laziness. It's not stagnation, right? Let's say, for example, you're a person who, you know, grew up in humble beginnings. You don't you 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 know your family didn't have much you you're you you don't have many finances you're growing up poor and stuff like that and there's just a lot of struggles and stuff and this being content does not mean saying you know I'm okay with where I'm at I I want to live in this lifestyle forever right um I, and I'm also not saying to grow so much in love with chasing after a quote unquote better life that you begin to have an arrogant attitude. Let's say you reach a certain status. If you haven't practiced the art of being content with where you were, then when you reach that level, there may be an arrogance that has been cultivated within you. And now you're always constantly seeking after more instead of being content with where you're at. And so, you know, let, let's say there's somebody who uh, grew up with, you know, in a non-ideal setting, um, their family is poor, and they just don't have much. Um, I am not saying that being content means necessarily wanting to be, it's okay to want a better life, for yourself and for your family. But what it means to be content is that you take note and you're grateful for the things that you do have instead of constantly worrying and focusing on what you don't have. Um, You know, let's say you're in that situation, but you have a, a great family around you who is constantly encouraging you and trying their best. You can be grateful that Although you may not have much, you have a family who loves you or, you know, let's say let's say you're working a job and you're in one of the, the lower positions within a company. But 
um, you have great benefits and you have other things like that. This isn't to say that you can't seek after getting a promotion or things like that. But if if you constantly worry about what's next instead of having peace and resting for a little bit in the present and being grateful for what you have, for what God has given you, then you'll constantly be in a position where you could potentially be discouraged because instead of focusing on what you have now, you're constantly focusing on what's next and who's to say, what if that next doesn't come? You know, what if it's not in God's will for you to reach a certain level that you think that you should be at? If you're not taking time to be grateful for what you have, then you'll constantly be in a state of disappointment and discouragement. And I don't think God wants us to be in a constant state of discouragement and um, being disappointed because at the end of the day, when you're living in purpose, when you're serving the Lord, when you're trusting in him and when you're being grateful for what you do have and, and training your mind to be grateful for what you do have, then that, that idea and mentality of contentment will start to come more and you'll, you'll begin to be a lot more grateful for where you're at. And, um, you won't necessarily have a mentality or practice stagnation, but instead you'll seek after more while also balancing the idea of being content with where you currently are at. Right. So, um, that, that I just wanted to get that out the way. Contentment is not being stagnant and it's not, um, having a, you know, poverty mindset, I guess. Um, and I, I hate using that, that, that phrase or that term, but when I say poverty mindset, I mean, just, you know, neglecting necessities just for the sake of contentment, if that makes sense. And, um, hopefully y'all get what I'm saying. I hope I'm, I'm not confusing y'all or contradicting what I'm saying here, but all I'm saying is that contentment is not stagnation, but at the same time, it's just being grateful for what you have and things like that. Um, so I just want to take this time to kind of share some things that have helped me grow more content in my life and not necessarily to give up my dreams or my vision or goals that I have, but instead things that I've done or partaked in that have helped me to be more content in any situation that God places me in. And um, the first and biggest one is to avoid comparison, to avoid comparison. Um, I recently got off of Instagram. I actually told my cousin this. I'm getting off of Instagram for a year, you know, mainly because I wanted to really focus more on growing this platform and you know, serving God and spending less time and wasting less time on social media. Um, I still obviously have the podcast or the ministry Instagram page, but I'm, I usually just kind of post on there and get off. I'm not really too much into social media anymore. Um, but during my time of getting off or taking a break, if you will, I've 
found myself comparing myself to others a lot less. Um, you know, your devices and social media and stuff has a way of making things look a lot more beautiful and more appealing than they actually are. Um, you know, let's say you follow certain celebrities and you see them living lavish lifestyles and stuff. You can begin to compare your situation to them and you feel like you may be failing at life because you're not in that position. Or even if it's even if even if it's something more close to you, more local, let's say um, let's say you're in high school or you're in school or something and you see someone who is popular, has a lot of friends, things like that, you may feel like you're not getting the full and most out of life because you're not in that position as that person who has that status or popularity and things like that. And and I'm sure we've all heard the quote, you know, comparison is the thief of joy, right? And you cannot constantly be comparing yourself to others and be content at the same time. Um, in my experience, that's just never worked. Um, and so we, we have to avoid comparison and, and something that what, what, what honestly precipitated this whole entire episode um, earlier, I was listening to this podcast It's called uh, the basement uh, hosted by Tim Ross, and he had a guest on there, Chris Broussard. And Chris Broussard, he's a sports analyst, um, one of my favorite sports analysts. And what made him even, what made me, you know, love him even more as a sports analyst and just as a person is that he's not shy about his faith. He's not shy about professing his, his belief in Jesus, you know, proclaiming Jesus as Lord. And even though he's working in the sports annulus, you know, working a secular job, um, he, he's always said that he's always going to stand 10 toes down for Jesus. And, you know, I, I respect him for that. And so Chris Buzar was on this podcast with Tim Ross on The Basement, and they were talking about um, comparing yourself with others. And what they were specifically talking about was the body of Christ and how sometimes in the body of even in the body of Christ, we can compare ourselves with the world. Um, and why that hit home for me is because, as y'all know, and as I've shared in episodes of of the past in the past, I grew up in the church. I, I don't remember a time in my life where I was outside of the church. You know, I've always grown up in the church. Um, as far, I've been a believer for as far as I can remember, you know, I, I used to get babysat by my grandparents and they used to just have me reading and reciting Bible verses. You know, I've, I've known Jesus. I, I've let, let's say I've known of Jesus my entire life. And then as I got older, you know, I began to grow more serious in my faith and actually getting to know Jesus, not just knowing of him, but actually knowing him um, as I got older. Um, especially in college, and I'll probably tell this story on a podcast on another day. I've shared it before, but just how um, I, I really, I, the moment that I believe that I truly became a believer in, in Christ, but that's another topic for another day. Um, but 
yeah, why that hit home for me is because I always grew up in the church and I've always been surrounded by great influences. And so um, going through school and navigating through the world and some of the desires of the world and things like that through school, college and stuff like that, I've always, you know, I, I, I never had a true desire to really be involved with a lot of those things that um, a lot of high schoolers or younger, young adults get involved with. Um, this isn't to say that I haven't made mistakes or I haven't made bad choices, but I've never really, it, it's never really been something that I wanted to do. Um, it, it's always been something that I just, I, I just never really had a desire to do. Um, but I can admit that there have been times where I've looked at some of my friends or I've looked at just some other people that I've, you know, been around or some people in college and stuff. And I've seen them, you know, talk to talk to women. I've seen them get involved with some other stuff. Now, granted, there are some things that I never had a desire to do. They're just never been an issue for me. But there are other some things, you know, especially <laughs> that that women stuff, especially, you know, talking to, you know, a lot of women unintentionally in my heart, there would be some times where I would actually envy those guys who were doing that. And, you know, looking back, I hate the fact that I envied that. Um, God has obviously brought me through that. But that's what Chris Broussard and Tim Ross were talking about. And they were saying how sometimes the body of Christ, and they were talking specifically about men, and I'm going to speak from the perspective of men too because that's that's what I am. You know, sometimes we may envy that quote unquote young adult men man lifestyle that is being romanticized in the world and through social media and in culture and other podcasts like that. And you know, I don't know if some of y'all have may experience this, but just having a little bit of envy, like, man, you know, sometimes I wish I could partake in that, but I can't. And like I said, I don't struggle with this anymore, but it was truly a thought that I had, you know, sometimes while I was, you know, experiencing college and school and stuff. But when you compare yourself like that, it can really hinder your development and growing content with where you are. And one of the worst things and one of the most disrespectful things I think that we can do as believers is be discontent with God and his standard way of living. Um, and I, I'm, this isn't to say that God doesn't care about us and God just wants us to be bored. But when you're comparing yourself, you know, when you feel like Christianity or walking with Christ is boring and you see what is quote unquote fun for a lot of other people out there in the world that can really hinder your contentment and make you discontent. And you may not say it out loud, but in reality, you're, you're saying that you're discontent with this walk that God has you on. And I, I don't, I think there, I think that's, that that's not a good thing for any believer or a good mindset for any believer to have. So you know, avoid comparison. Um, a lot of times we wonder what it would be like to walk in the shoes of other people, or we even wish that we would be 
walking in the shoes of other people. But a lot of the time, we we have such a desire to walk in other people's shoes that we we fail to understand that sometimes those shoes may be walking through the deepest mud ever. They may they may be walking through sand pits. They may be walking through dust and, and other things like that. And you know we don't know what those people are going through. Um, somebody something that they mentioned on there was how you know a lot some celebrities. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, took their lives or have come out and shared testimonies of their lives about how they reached a certain level, but it didn't bring them happiness. Even Tom Brady, you know, he would talk about how he he had three or four rings at the time and even he felt empty. You know, this is the winningest player in the history of the NFL. And, you know, after one of his rings, he was talking about how he felt empty and it gets to the point where you have to ask yourself, when is it enough? You know, when, when is it, when is it, when are you actually content with where you are? And I think comparison with others can be a real hinder to having that mindset of contentment. So it's important for us to, I believe, be content because that can really help you have a mentality of encouragement, help you to experience joy and to be like Paul, where in any circumstance that you are, you have mastered the art of being content. So, um, you know, we have to avoid comparing ourselves because others are not the standard. Jesus is the standard. And when you compare yourself with Jesus, you begin to understand that you'll never reach the standard of Jesus, but he has already uh, done everything for you so you can rely on his strength. And like Philippians 4.13 says, you can do all things, and that includes being content in any circumstance or any situation that you may be in. Amen. Uh, you know, Paul actually writes in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 8, he says, but godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. And so, you know, even all the way back then, they, Paul understood the importance of being content and trusting in God for that. So I think that's where you'll really begin to see the impact and the change in your life and understand that your journey is unique. You know, like we always say here, all of us are storytellers in some type of way. And God is the author of your beautiful story and of your beautiful testimony. Something I tell my brothers all the time um, is that you have, this is what I tell my brothers. You have one advantage. You are, you have guaranteed one advantage over every other person in the history of existence in the world. And it's that there will never, ever be another person who is fearfully and wonderfully and uniquely made like you, right? I tell Michael, there will never, ever be another Michael Huff that is exactly like you. There will never be another Daniel Huff just like you. There will never be another Nathaniel Huff that is like you. You know, understand that you have a unique story and you have been fearfully and wonderfully made in the Lord. 
And that's something to really be content about, to understand that God was delicate. God, God was intentional when he formed you, you know, when you were a thought before you were even formed in your mother's womb, right? And that, I think that's the idea and mentality that all of us should adopt. Each and every one of you has been formed fearfully and wonderfully. You have been made unique. You don't, you don't have to try and be like anybody else. This isn't to say that you can't have people that you model your life after. Or you can't, like Paul says, imitate people as they imitate Christ. But understand that you are your own person and God has given you a name. And, you know, what he would purpose for you to do is live in the purpose that he has given you and be who he has called you to be because your call is unique. Amen. So avoid comparison and understand that your journey is unique. And I, I know I spent a lot of time on that, but um, like I said, I don't really plan these episodes. I just let the Holy Spirit kind of work and just see where it goes. Um, so I'm not going to take too much more of y'all's time or take too much more time. But, uh, you know, another thing that I think can help with the idea of contentment and to help you be content is to get involved. And what I mean by get involved is get involved in your family, get involved with your community, get involved with fundraisers or things at your school or, you know, see if your company or your job that you work at has opportunities where y'all can volunteer or, you know, get involved with different charities or different organizations or nonprofits or things like that. Something that has really helped me be more content is helping those who are less fortunate than myself. Um, and even if the people, even if someone may not be less fortunate than yourself, just helping people in general, I think can help you feel content. And I honestly think that it's a cheat code in life. Um, I like to call it killing two birds with one stone. Um, I think I would, I think for the most part, and I say for the most part, because I know there are some people in this world that I mean, <laughs> you know, they're they're they only care about themselves. And I know every one of us has selfish moments, um, but I I think that most people enjoy putting a smile on other people's faces for whatever reason. And um the reason I call it a cheat code and killing two birds with one stone is because at least for me personally what puts a smile on my face is being able to put a smile on somebody else's face, right? If you only worry about putting a smile on your own face all the time, it, although you may be making yourself happy, you know, imagine making somebody else happy and that happiness, you know, spreads upon you and you get happy from that. That's killing two birds with one stone. It's like a cheat code. And, um, when you get involved with nonprofits and charities and organizations and in any way that you can and you share your resources, however much or little they may be, um, and I'm not saying to give every single thing away and neglect your responsibilities, but I do think that if you have a mindset of contributing and giving back um, and helping others out and volunteering it can really help you be content because not only do you leave with a sense of, man, I, I did something good for somebody, 
it can also open your eyes to some of the things that people really do go through. Um, there's a organization that I worked with one time where we made sandwiches for uh, this homeless shelter. And, um, you know, I drove there, dropped some stuff off, and just seeing some of the things that those guys were going through and some of the people and their experiences, you know, even how they were dressed and, and stuff like that, it, it really opens your eyes to, you know, what's really going on. And it can inspire you to contribute as much or as little as you can, but just to contribute to a cause and it can really help to help somebody else. And that's enough to put a smile on your face. And it also lets you know that even though you may not be in a great position, there's always somebody who's going through worse than you. And I'm not saying to disregard your issues and some of the things that you may be experiencing or going through, but I think when you can, when you do something for somebody else, that that it just it's just something about doing that that brings about a joy, and joy works alongside with contentment, and you feel content with what you did for somebody else. Um, so I, I think that that's important, and so another way to cultivate contentment within you is to have a heart of gratitude and a part of that is giving back or volunteering and just serving the Lord in that way. You know, it reminds me of this passage that Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 25, I believe in verses 35 through 40. Um, yes. So it says, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And so when you give back and when you help those who are less fortunate, those who may be going through situations and circumstances and stuff like that, it's not just about you helping them, but it's about giving back to the Lord as well, being thankful that God has given you an opportunity to give to those who are less fortunate, right? And then if you continue in this passage, it says, then he, uh, he being the Lord, will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? 
Then he will answer them saying, truly, I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. And this passage of scripture is so powerful because it lets us know that when you have a heart of gratitude and when you are helping out others and volunteering and just being a blessing, right? Something that I pray sometimes, I ask God to work through me to allow me to be a blessing to somebody else. Um, and, and when you do these things, it's as if you're give. it's like, it's, you know, you're essentially giving back to the Lord. Um, and when you don't do these things, we can obviously see that that's not something that, you know, the Lord appreciates. Right. And, um, I, I think that when you have a, a heart of giving, it can help you to be content because you know that when you do something for those who are less fortunate and those who are going through things and stuff like that, you understand that not only are you helping them, but you're giving back to the Lord. You know, I'm content with giving money away. You know, I'm content with doing tithes to the local church. Um, and stuff like that, because, you know, I pray all the time and ask God to first and foremost, it's not even my money. It it belongs to God. You know, let's just get that out the way. No, 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 no amount in my bank account, in my savings, investings, whatever belongs to me. It all belongs to the Lord. And if God were to come right now and say, Hey, I need you to give all of your money, every last dime of your money away. I, I I would do it. You know, I would do it because I'd know that because it's God's money, because it belongs to the Lord, he is going to use it for the purpose that he sees fit. Right. When you give unto the Lord, you're entrusting your resources and your money into the greatest financial manager's hands in the Lord because it belongs to him, right? And and so it's a huge blessing. And I I will say, you know, God has blessed me in my life in terms of finances. Um, You know, obviously I'm not saying I'm rich or anything, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm taken care of. I have no problem giving it away. And I know sometimes sometimes I look at it and I'm like, man, you know, I'm trying to follow my budget and stuff. But at the same time, you know, I'm grateful that God has allowed me to be entrusted with what, he, with what he's given me so that I can be a blessing unto others in any way that the Lord sees fit. And that has helped me to be content because I understand that these resources and these things do not belong to me. They belong to the Lord. And so when I give to those who are less fortunate and to, to charities and stuff like that and to the church, I, I have faith and I know that God is going to use it for the purposes that he sees fit. And I'm content with that. And so I, I think that another key to unlocking that contentment is by giving and sharing resources um, you know, 
whether you're living in abundance or even whether you're living, you know, with little. Um, and like I said, you don't have it's not necessarily about giving everything away. But at the same time, I do feel like it's our responsibility and our duty as believers to share what God has given us. Um, and and this is obviously something to pray about as well. But that's just my my heart on that. Um, another way to be content is just to celebrate small victories. You don't have to hit the home run every time. Uh, we were actually playing kickball for my friend Jacob's uh, birthday. And, um, you know, it, nobody hit a home run that entire game, but what really led to all of the runs being scored was somebody hits a single, another person hits a single, another person hits a single. And now you have the bases loaded. One person on first base, one person on second base, one person on third base. And if that fourth person kicks a good kick, you could potentially have one runner come in or even two runners or maybe even three runners come in depending on how fast everybody is you know how far the ball is kicked if someone may have dropped the ball or threw it out of bounds or something um but what i'm saying is those little things matter and they add up um if you only care about celebrating huge victories then those small victories won't really mean much to you and you'll always kind of be discouraged even if you are growing in an area. Um, you know, there, there's this quote, and I may butcher it a little bit, but I was reading this book called Kingdom Men Rising by uh, Tony Evans. And um, there was something that he wrote in there that I really kind of took in. And uh, like I said, I'm paraphrasing it, but pretty much what it said was, a legacy is not your legacy is not just like a home run moment or this big, big time thing. It's the culmination of, you know, a bunch of middle, small things done well, a bunch of middle, small moments that add up. Um, I actually had my friend on here, Isaiah Hamilton, a few weeks back, a few months back, actually. And something that he said that I think was profound, too, was that the little things are the big things. I think we grow so in love with hitting that home run that we neglect that those little bases matter. It's kind of like that question where they ask, do you want a million dollars or do you want your money? To, do you want to start with a dollar and it doubles every single day for like a couple months or something like that? Um, I don't know how the math works, but. When you have your money double every single day at us over at a certain period, it's eventually going to surpass that million dollar amount instead of just getting that lump sum of a million dollars. And so what I'm saying is that we have to start uh, falling in love and, and celebrating the, the small moments, the, the small wins. Right. Let's say um, heaven says. You know, the Bible, the Bible says the Bible talks about how heaven rejoices even when one person you know, is saved, even when one person comes to faith. Not everything has to be a, a revival where 100 people come to faith, which that is a blessing. And that is something to be celebrated. But even if one person is saved, 
that that's that's something that is well deserving of celebration, right? And so if you're just picking and, you know, slowly but surely growing every single day, getting better every single day, celebrate that. Be thankful for that. Talk to God every night and say, God, thank you for carrying me through another day, for teaching me what you taught me, for sharing things with me. And I'm grateful, you know, um, because what if you're waiting your whole life for that big moment, for that home run, and it never comes? You know, now you've lived a life where you've been discouraged a majority of the time because you only cared about a future that God never promised you. Instead of being grateful for the things that God has already given to you. Right. And, and so I think it's important for us to celebrate the little things because the little things, they continue to pile up and soon Sooner than later, you'll begin to see that it's starting to rise and that 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 mentality of contentment will continue to cultivate and be grown within you because you're celebrating God for the little things that he's doing. Because I say this all the time, any work that God does is a major work. If God has you doing the smallest thing, that's a major work. If God has you doing a big thing, that's a major work. Because the creator and the author and the sustainer of life itself, right, is giving you the strength to do so. So I think it's important for us to be grateful for the little things, and that can help us to be more content with 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 everything, right? Um, so... Psalm chapter 37, verse 16, it says, better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked, right? When you, when you have God and when you're celebrating the little things, you know, you, you have everything you need. And, um, and this isn't to say that, you know, there aren't some resources that you may necessarily be lacking in, but at the same time, you can be content in any situation, I promise you. You know, if Paul can do it in prison, then we can do it as believers and just as people in general, right? Um, and the last thing I want to want to share is that contentment comes from being in a relationship with Jesus. Um, it's okay to have all of those other things, but outside of Jesus, I promise you, that no matter how much success that you may get to in life, you will always, always, always have an empty void in your heart, regardless. Um, and I'm willing to bet that with any any person who, um, any person, right? I, I think that a relationship with Jesus truly is the key to contentment. Whether you have abundance or whether you have a little, I think that that relationship with Jesus will help you and allow you to be content. And there may be moments where you do get discouraged. We're not perfect and we're not always going to have this mentality 24-7. But, you know, we always know that, excuse me, 
we always know that Jesus is in our lives. And when you really truly get to know Jesus and understand what he did for you on the cross, you can be content with the fact that Jesus has already done everything for you. Right. Um, you know, it's this, uh, it, it's just a beautiful thing. And a lot of us get so enamored with worldly success that we, 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 that be, that worldly success becomes our purpose. And if we don't attain that, we, we think that our life is a disappointment. No, because at the end of the day, the Bible talks about what is it? profit a man to gain the world but to lose his soul the bible also talks about how we should seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and then all these things will be added unto us the bible also said talks about how we should store up our treasures in heaven because at the end of the day th th think about it like this right think about it like this compared to eternity in heaven right our life here on earth it is even smaller than what I'm doing with my fingers right now. I mean, we're talking about eternity, right? The The Bible talks about how a thousand years or how a year to us is like a thousand years to the Lord or something like that. Um, I, I don't remember the exact, the exact uh, wording of that verse, but eternity, like etern we're talking about eternity forevermore, everlasting, right? And so think about it. If we spend our lives just trying to store treasures in this amount, then it, I, I, I almost feel like that's just a complete waste. And I'm not saying not to try and be wealthy. I'm not saying to neglect your dreams and your goals and your vision and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is what is the purpose behind it? What I'm saying is, are you focused on what is going to last? Or the, the, the Bible talks about how, um, you know, think about Job, right? Job talked about how God giveth and he taketh away, right? God giveth and he taketh away. Um, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be at a certain level or position in life. I'm not trying to say that. I'm not trying to say just, you know, be, be, be so, what, how does it go? Uh, be so heavenly that you're no earthly good or something like that. Um, something like that. I'm sure you have heard that quote. Um, I'm not saying to be no earthly good. But what I am saying is that when you understand that the true treasure is stored up in heaven instead of here on earth, it'll help you to be more content because you could work hard and you'll be content with that hard work, right? Success is in the effort. You know, success isn't in the results of the effort. Success is in the effort itself, because I heard someone say this on a podcast one time, you know, it's one thing to win the lottery. Because I'm sure anybody will be happy receiving all of those millions upon millions of hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. But there's just something that hits different about 
when it comes to you slow and it's been long years of hard work and stuff like that. Because I think there's a contentment that's built because you didn't get it quick. You didn't get it immediately. There's nothing wrong with those who receive things immediately, but I'm talking about your purpose. I'm talking about your heart here. Where is your heart at in all of it, right? And if you're content, then that money would just be a bonus. It won't be a, a, a lifeline or a priority, if that makes sense. Um, so true contentment comes from being in a relationship with Jesus, it doesn't come from worldly pleasures because all that stuff is going to come and go. But what are you storing eternally? What are you doing on a daily basis? Are you just counting money or are you are are you focused on what is going to be everlasting? And so um that that's just where I'm at right now. That that's why I'm so passionate about this because I really think that we'll see a lot more people happy if they can grasp this concept and idea of being content. I think there's a lot of people in this world who aren't content. They just aren't content. You know, there's a lot of people in this world who just care about money and attaining as much money as they can. And that's their only and sole purpose and focus. There's a lot of people that only do things just for money. Right. You know, there's the that Bob Marley movie just came out. So there's something that Bob Marley said. Um, I didn't watch the movie, but there's something that, you know, the real Bob Marley said. He said some people are so broke that all they have is money. And, and that was just so profound to me when I heard that I almost started flying because some people are so broke. All they have is money because at the end of the day. You could have all of the riches on this planet to yourself. But if you are not prioritizing what is being stored up in heaven and your relationship with Jesus. None of that other stuff matters. It really doesn't. You know, and. You know, some people may say, you know, it's easy for you to say you're not, you know, in a, you know, less than fortunate position. And I understand that. But what I am saying is that. I, I mean, I, I have experienced, we have experienced some type of struggle before. Um, but what I am saying is that. Contentment is not something that is based upon where you're at in life. It is something that comes from the strength that you get from Jesus that allows you to be content and okay with whatever position you're at in life. Because there's nothing more satisfying than knowing that you'll be happy whether you have abundance or whether you have little. And that's just where I'm at right now. Um, you know, some people ask, why are you always smiling? And I know I haven't smiled too much in this, but... You know, usually when I'm talking about some of these tough topics and being passionate about stuff, I, I get really serious about it. But, you know, on a day to day basis, I'm usually smiling all the time. Some people ask me, you know, why are you always smiling? Or some people will say, you know, Gabe is always happy and stuff. That doesn't just come just out of nowhere. That comes from me understanding that I am content. <laughs> I'm just content with where I'm at, you know, 
I'm just happy. And this isn't to say that I'm just happy all the time, but God has allowed me to understand this concept and idea of contentment, and it's really blessed my life in so many ways. So that's just my encouragement for y'all. And I hope that y'all took something away from this. I hope I wasn't too all over the place. But um, yeah, that's that's just where I'm at. You know, I I really want to be about this life. And part of being about this life is being content because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. John the Baptist was content with being the proclaimer and, you know, preparing the way for Jesus. You know, he he didn't care to he didn't care about being Jesus. He was OK with preparing the way. And this is why Jesus talks about in, in, in the in the Bible how, you know, John the Baptist, there was no one that arisen that was greater than John because John fulfilled his purpose. You know, you know, there's a lot of people in the Bible that fulfilled their purpose, but, you know, I think John fulfilled his purpose in a way that, you know, a lot of others in the Bible didn't necessarily do. You know, we see David, he did great things, but David sinned. Solomon did great things, but Solomon sinned. Even Abraham Abraham sinned. And obviously John the Baptist sinned in his life as well. But there's a reason that Jesus was talking so highly of John, because I think part of it had to do with John being content with the purpose that had been set for him that was prophesied in the Old Testament. So uh, I'm ended on that note. Um, My prayer and encouragement for everybody listening is just to be okay with being content, be content. And it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's going to take, you know, some days, some months, maybe even years. But I assure you, if you can get into the mentality of being content, it will change your life. I can promise you that. So if you've made it this far, I appreciate you for listening as always. Um, If you noticed on the Spotify and the Apple podcasts, even if you're a Google podcast listener, Um, I have changed the name. Um, the UR story podcast is still a thing and the reclassified room is still a thing, but I, I feel like it was getting confusing a little bit just with the different names and stuff. So, um, the whole page name on Spotify, YouTube, uh, Apple podcasts and stuff now is just the reclassified. You know, just look up the reclassified and it'll pop up. Um, And I've changed the picture on there as well. But understand that the UR Story podcast is still a thing. Um, And I will begin to bring guests back on here. Um, I know it's been a while. It's just hard to work with scheduling and stuff like that with everybody. Um, But, you know, we'll, we'll begin to get the guests back on here. But I enjoy doing these podcasts because it helps me to be more vulnerable and open. Um, I'm not too much of an open book, but for some reason when I'm here, I'm just willing to share more about my life and stuff. So um, yeah, you can check this out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts at The Reclassified. Make sure to leave a rating and a review and um, other things like that. Uh, Also make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel um, and leave a comment. Leave a comment, you know, if you've been struggling with contentment or even if you've uh, kind of 
discovered and cultivated the art of contentment within your life, I'd be interested to hear those stories and just little mini testimonies of that. So if you've uh, been if you've been content or you're struggling with it or anything and I would encourage you to leave a comment. I'd love to read through them and, you know, just to continue to pray for y'all as well. So um, there's all of that. Also, make sure to check out the reclassified.com. That's my blog where I share different things that God has placed on my heart. And um, it'll just be a huge blessing and an encouragement to me. And if you have any ideas of what you would like me to talk about or the stuff like that, just go ahead and leave a comment or send a DM on Instagram at the reclassified ministries and all of that. So it's a huge blessing to be able to continue bringing y'all these episodes. Y'all are really, really an encouragement. And even though this podcast and this platform is small, um, every person who views y'all are a blessing, every person who shares y'all are a blessing. And it's, I'm, I'm just happy to just be able to do this. So thank you all for listening. God bless you. And as always, you're not just welcome, but you're wanted. So I will see y'all next time. Peace out.